Hi, friends. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Grace Lace podcast. This is Eve Stipes, and I am here with Ruth today. We're so glad you're joining us, and I am so excited about today's topic. Have you ever battled an inner monologue about what's true, either about who God is, who you are, what your circumstances are, and no matter what you do, it just feels impossible to break the cycle, even though it's making you totally crazy? Well, today we're diving in to how to change the patterns of our thinking based on the truth of God's Word. I can't wait for you to hear it. Okay, Ruth, so there's a phrase that you have used so often, whether it's in a hashtag, in the books that you've written, and there's a couple versions of it. One is preaching to my own heart, and the other one is preach to yourself. So tell us, where did this phrase come from? What does it mean? What is the story? Yeah, I've, I think I've told the story a few other places, but glad to tell it here. Several years ago when I was in the throes of early motherhood, I mean, now I've been a mama for 19 years, you know, but I think early on it was really overwhelming. I mean, you're learning how to care for another human being. And then in my case, every other year, like multiple another human one. beings. <laughs> and in your case, three human beings under the age of five currently, right? Yeah. I and mean, two of them that came at the lot. same time. That's just a lot. That's a lot to learn, a lot to grow in, and it yeah. is overwhelming. But whether you're a mama listening in or not, you know when you're just in a season where it's really easy to say something like, I'm never going to make it. Mm. I'm going to die. Oh my goodness. I'm not the right girl for the job. All the phrases, right? I mean, can you think of a couple of others that you say to yourself that you can share here? Um, just like, it's never going to end. <laughs> Yes, or I well, I can't survive this, or yeah. I stink at being blank, whatever it is that you've been called to do. So like we all have these phrases, all these things. And for me, I would spiral around and around. Like I, I remember, I, I, I'm embarrassed to even say this out loud, but I really remember even saying to Troy, like, I don't know if I know how to be married. I can't do this. I don't think I know how to love you well. I'm a terrible wife. I'm a terrible mom. I'm yeah. going to ruin my kids. I mean- how many more honest and personal things can I say out loud yeah. here? So I've said truth, all those things this week. So, oh, friend, I'm telling you, <laughs> it, it's so true, right? You just kind of yeah. go like, I, I'm just the worst. You like, you just go around mm -hmm. and around and think those things. And then, ironically, sometimes the flip happens and you're like, I'm so amazing. I'm so great. <laughs> and then you like fill your mind with dumb thoughts that are pride ridden as well. So early on, I had all those lies go around and around about how I wasn't the right girl for the job, how I couldn't survive marriage and ministry and motherhood. And I remember this specific day, and I've told this story, I think before on social media, just that Troy kind of came to me at one point and it wasn't just like a one and done, but he started having these conversations with me where he said, you know, babe, I, I do the same thing. I just don't do it the same way that you do. You know, I'm a verbal processor. Who's Joe Simons? A really? Verbal processor. Wow. Surprise. Um, you know, I just I have to no like idea. analyze and talk everything <laughs> to death. It's like, bam, bam, let's beat it over, you know, and over again until I feel better about it. Troy's an internal processor, but he's like, honestly, spiraling happens to all of us. And we go around and around. And he said, but when I look at scripture and I look at the psalmist, do you remember Psalm 42? Do you remember mm. Psalm 103? And he would literally be like, what does the psalmist do? He 
preaches to himself. He tells his soul what to do. And in that same period of time, as we were kind of learning about what it means to preach truth to ourselves, he read me this quote that I've always just jotted down and had in close at hand in my notes. And it's from one of his favorite old timey preachers, uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones. And this is what he said. He was writing about um, spiritual depression, as he called it. And he said, Have you realized that most of your unhappiness in life is due to the fact that you are listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? How convicting, right, Eve? Yeah. He says, take those thoughts that come to you the moment you wake up in the morning. You have not originated them, but they start talking to you. They bring back the problems of yesterday on and on. Somebody is talking. Yourself is talking to you, he says. The main art in the matter of spiritual living is to know how to handle yourself. You have to take yourself in hand. You have to address yourself, preach to yourself, question yourself. So this slightly awkwardly written, you know, thing that Martin Lloyd-Jones says, he's basically saying the hardest thing and the most important thing to do is to know how to Look at what's going on with yourself and tell yourself, tell your soul what to do and not let your feelings be the boss. So this quote really led me down a journey where I, well, some of you may know, like I ended up writing books on it. I mean, I wrote tiny little books like uh, Fields of Joy and Garden of Truth, where there were little scriptures and what I was reminding myself from that scripture. But then I ended up writing an entire Bible study called Truth Filled with Lifeway. Yeah. Um, so many of you listening in probably have done that Bible study, but that Bible study walks us through how to use the book of Colossians as an example of how to preach to ourselves the truth of God's word. And um, shameless plug, that's also in teen girl version <laughs> as well. But um, yeah, and so it really was about looking to scripture as the example. Yeah. It's incredible to think that we really do talk to ourselves. Like when you say it out loud, it's like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not like a crazy person. And it's like, no, you're not. Like we all are talking to ourselves in some form or fashion. And so you and I have talked about before, like, okay, so what's the biblical example then for how we talk to ourselves? And there are two Psalms um, where we can see it really clearly. You already mentioned them. The first is Psalm 42. And I just want to read um, a couple verses here. So the psalmist going through a couple different thoughts, but there is a couple of sentences that he repeats over the course of this psalm. And here's what it says. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? That sounds like Mm -hmm. a lot of places I've been. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So here's his response to himself. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you. And he comes back to that same, why are you cast down, hope in God, at the end of the chapter too. And it's just like, you can see, it's like almost like you can see the inside of the psalmist's brain saying like, oh man, like what is the deal with me today? Right? It's like psalmist language, but really if you sat in the car with me as I drive down the <laughs> hill by myself, I'm basically like, what is up, Ruth? Why are you yeah. freaking out? And then talking to yourself, hey, remember who God is. Put your hope in God, Ruth. Yeah. So the other one is Psalm 103. And I'll just read you the first um, few verses here. This one is from David and it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is in within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits 
who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You know what's crazy is for so long, I mean, I'm so me-focused, and we, I think we all are when we come to the scriptures. We, we think, you know, what's in it for me? And so, yes, like God used David to write a psalm for our benefit. But when he wrote this, he was writing this and telling his soul to remember yeah. these things. And I think it was really astounding to me when I finally realized like that's what was happening. When he's saying, bless the Lord, oh, my soul, it's not just like a fancy, pretty way of talking, <laughs> bless the Lord, oh, my soul, but we sing it kind of like that. Uh-huh. But what the Psalmist David is doing here is actually saying, hey, soul, I'm going to tell you, this is an imperative, like yeah. grammar here, Listen right? up. the imperative is bless the Lord, like do it. You need to start praising him for what he's already done and mm-hmm. stop forgetting, like forget not. Don't forget what he's already done. And then he lists them out for himself and like reminds himself what God has done. I mean, wouldn't we do well to address, (laughs) like every time we're freaking out, stressing out, complaining, thinking that we're never going to make it or we're the wrong girl for the job to actually say, well, soul, start remembering how he's been faithful before, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I I feel like I have different friends um, who kind of do that in different ways. Like I know there's one family that writes down throughout the year, like all the things like God did this thing and they put it in a jar. At the end of the year, they like read it out. And I've always thought like, I need that on like a micro level. <laughs> like I need to be more intentional about like writing down so that I can remember when it feels hard, when it's like, oh my gosh, I'm just so stressed out today and things feel overwhelming and I can't do this. Like, what's my go-to list? Like, where am I going to direct my thoughts? And here's the thing. I mean, I think we have to be discerning and make the distinction here. The world gives themselves lots of pep talks, right? Yeah. And in some cases, you and I would also say there are probably Sunday morning churches out there where the sermon that's preached is nothing more than a pep talk, right? A story with a good moral. And I would suggest that that's not the church you should be going to if they're not preaching the word of God. But the truth is the the world is really good at, and even some of evangelicalism might be good at just giving feel good mantras, right? Like you got this, go for it. You're, you are the right person for the job. You are the best, you know, stop doubting, believe in yourself. That might be a feel good self-help sermon, but that's not what we're talking about. We're using, you know, we're looking at the Psalms here, but I just got through saying, you know, I wrote this Bible study based on using the book of Colossians, a letter to the church at Colossae, like literally Paul writing what it is that they need to remember. And so whether it be Paul's essentially sermon to them or a really good sermon that we are hearing on a Sunday morning, what is the content of that message and how does that influence the message and the sermon we preach to ourselves? Yeah. If we're not putting in, like if the input isn't good and it's not truth, then the output's going to be just as much garbage as as we had before, right? Like it's going to be stuck in being focused on ourselves, um, thinking that we have the answer in ourselves, unless we're coming back to the gospel over and over again, that like we are sinners and incapable of changing our hearts and that we have to rely on Jesus and his sacrifices, his death 
to pay for our sin, like we have no hope. And so that sermon, we have to come back to it over and over and over again to remember who we are. And we can't make that sermon up. Like I can't just be like, Eve, I'm going to call you and tell you, (laughs) you are pretty and God loves you and I love you. I can call you with that, but that's not what we're talking about. I can call you with that encouragement. But the the sermon, the gospel truth that you have to preach to yourself actually has to come from the word of God, like God's truth, right? And so I think the mistake that we sometimes make is that we want to preach to ourselves, but we're not going to the source to know the content of what we preach to ourselves. So it really doesn't hold any substance and holds no power when we're only preaching, quote, preaching, feel good platitudes, right? right? Just to soothe ourselves, just to make ourselves feel better. And so the truth is we have to know who God is and what he says about who we are and what he desires for us in response if we are to preach that sermon to ourselves. Like I think about a good sermon on a Sunday morning is one where the preacher has wrestled with the word of God, Mm -hmm. let scripture interpret scripture and help us understand how the message of reconciliation with God starts from beginning and goes all the way to the end. We're not just cherry picking one verse and that he unfolds and lets the word of God be understood and applicable and reveals the character of God and what is true about who we are when we receive that truth and how we can live in it. That's the sermon. Yeah. That we can apply over and over again to our own lives. Yeah. Well, and it even makes me think about what you wrote in When Striving Cease, right? Like if we are only feeding ourselves kind of that self-help, like mm-hmm. you're good, you can do it. Like it's not, it's only going to feed our striving. <laughs> like we're only going to yeah. try harder, keep going. It's only going to keep that kind of cycle of craziness <laughs> that we never achieve. We never feel satisfied in, we're never fulfilled in, but the gospel offers us a place to go that is satisfying, that we do understand God's welcome for us. Like all of those pieces, it's a fine line to walk, but it's a really important one to make sure we're putting like actual truth from God's word into our minds and not just something that sounds or feels good in the moment. And I think in addition to that, the reality is sometimes we just don't want the bad news, but the good yeah. news isn't the good news unless we know what the bad news is, right? hundred percent. say it over and over again, and this is Thomas Watson's phrase, so I'm not going to do what Simon <laughs> says about this, but you know, he says, till sin is bitter, Christ mm. will not be sweet. It's one of my favorite quotes from Thomas Watson, because if sin is not bitter to us, why would we even think that Christ is sweet and that the message of redemption and grace through Jesus Christ is worthy to preach over ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like, why would we even repeat that good news to ourselves if it doesn't seem like really good news? And so the truth is, I think we spiral and go around and around sometimes with other thoughts because we think somehow that there's life and hope in the other thoughts and narratives that we entertain. And so until we recognize how good the gospel and the good news truly is, we're probably not going to want to preach that sermon to ourselves. Yeah. So, you know, Jerry Bridges, who was with the Navigators, he wrote a book called The Discipline of Grace, God's Role in Our Role in the Pursuit of Holiness. He wrote a whole chapter on preaching the gospel to yourself. And I'm just going to read this quick little excerpt, and I feel like he summarizes this really well. He says, 
To preach the gospel to yourself then means that you continually face up to your own sinfulness and then flee to Jesus through faith in his shed blood and righteous life. It means that you appropriate again by faith the fact that Jesus fully satisfied the law of God, that he is your propitiation, and that God's holy wrath is no longer directed toward you. That excerpt itself, mm. Eve, I could preach that to myself as a <laughs> reminder, a summary yeah. of the good news of the gospel over and over again. What would be the effect of our days? Like, how would we live differently if we reminded ourselves again and again that we can flee to Jesus, mm. that his shed blood and his righteous life is enough to cover our sin, and that God's wrath and his holy wrath? And his justice is no longer directed toward us, like exacting out what must be paid from us, but that through Jesus, we can come freely as his children. How would we live differently if we preach that gospel truth to ourselves? Yeah, I think there's a lot of ways that that plays out. I think it frees us from feeling like we have to make anything happen, right? We recognize who we are and who God is. Yeah. Stops a lot of anxiety uh, in my mind. Yeah. So it kind of comes full circle to what you were reading out of Psalm 103, that David basically, even before Jesus, right? Even before Christ, he's already like foreshadowing all that we will receive through Christ alone, redeems your life from the pit, forgives all your iniquity, heals all your diseases. Like, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles, like that is not fully realized with David. It's fully realized when God condescends, comes down to earth in the form of a man through Jesus Christ and sacrifices his beloved son, the third person of the Trinity, that we might have full access to him and know everything that David says in Psalm 103 and know it personally, not as something far off as a special communion with God, but in Mm. an everyday accessible way with God because we are covered by the blood of Christ. There's nothing magic to what we're saying here, Eve, but I will say if I was having this conversation every day with myself, with Troy, with you, with our team, with my kids, if I was reminding myself of this truth, then the disappointments of life would feel a little less disappointing. Yeah, The things that don't work out exactly the way I want them to would feel like they have less hold on me, that I would remember what is true and what is real and how faithful God is. And so it realigns us like that truth realigns our perspective. So preaching truth to yourself in summary is not some little um, formulaic little tool that we do. Hey, have you preached truth to yourself today? And then we're like, yes, we did it. And then you're like, somehow, um, you feel better like you like took a shot of the vitamin or something. No, it's realigning your heart. It's that we are bent towards believing lies. We are bent towards thinking that we're the hero of our own stories. We are bent to thinking that we have all the answers. And instead we go to the gospel and say, "Ah, not my way, but yours. And I'm going to posture my heart and realign myself with what is true by preaching the truth back to myself like a good old sermon. I'm not going to wait till Sunday. I'm going to go to the word and preach that back to myself. Yeah. And what a gift that we have God's word that we're like able to go and find it and read it 
and speak it back to ourselves. It's such, it's such a gift. Yeah. So let's get practical, Eve, in our very favorite section. Every time at the end of each podcast episode, we ask the question, where's the, what's the gospel truth in today's episode? Why does it matter? And what's one small thing we can do in response to that truth? You go first. Yeah. So the gospel truth here, I think, is that we have to choose to dwell on the gospel. Like the gospel truth is the gospel, right? Like that is what we are made for. Yeah. And that's the only thing that is going to help us change our patterns of thought that aren't healthy or useful. Like we have to dwell on the gospel. Yeah. The gospel truth is that it is the gospel truth. (laughs) Does that make sense, guys? (laughs) And why does it matter? Yeah, man. I think especially in, you know, today's pace of life, it's just really easy to fill up on other things. <laughs> like if I don't intentionally come back to the gospel, my mind will run in a million different directions. It'll be influenced by a million different people, places, things. Um, it matters because I have to be really intentional. It matters because we don't just eat one meal a week, right? Yeah. Sometimes when we go to church or we listen to one podcast or one sermon, we're like, okay, I should be filled up now. I should be good. But in the same way that we don't eat one meal a week, we <laughs> eat multiple times a day. We eat when we feel hungry. We need different kinds of nourishment for different activities. Um, we recognize, we need to remember that when our days and our seasons are hard when we find that we are in the race of our lives, that we need to be nourished with truth. We need to actually be filled up and we need to be quote truth filled, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay. So what is your one small thing that will help? I was thinking about how I can respond even though I talk all the time about preaching truth to myself, but I think the one small thing that I can do is to remember that the truth of the gospel, I shouldn't assume that I always remember the full gospel and I shouldn't assume that my kids or the people, that my people, like the people in my life, maybe that's for you as a roommate, maybe it's um, your small group, but we shouldn't assume that we're all preaching the actual truth to ourselves. So my one small thing is when I talk to my kids, I'm going to work to share the full gospel as I'm talking. That's that's not going to be every time. I'm not going to be like, by the way, Jesus lived a perfect life. And then like all- (laughs) Sit down, kids. At every moment. But to remember that I don't want the gospel truth just to be with quotes around it, a feel-good platitude, that the gospel truth is the truth that I just read of what how Jerry Bridges summarized it. It is the full truth of the gospel. And I need to explain that to the people in my life so that when I say I'm preaching the gospel to myself, we know what the hope really is. It's not just the hope in something feel good. It's the hope that only Jesus, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. I think my one small thing goes back to what we talked about earlier of like having a go-to list of mm-hmm. like what are his benefits. You know, like if I'm telling my soul to bless the Lord, Mm -hmm. then like even I'm just going to work on like a list of five things that I know I can go to automatically that I can help like redirect, realign um, right away. Yeah. Jot them down, put it in the notes on your phone. Yeah. Sometimes keep things handy like that. Um, Make it your screensaver. That really helps. Grace Lace can help you with that as well. We do have (laughs) some screensavers sometimes that um, are those gospel truths. 
So friends, we pray this conversation has met you right where you are. I don't know what you're going through today, whether you are in a season where things feel really clear or it feels like you're walking through deep fog. If you're like me and Eve, sometimes that can be all happening all in one day. Some things feel clear. Some things feel foggy. Um, There are times when you wake up and you immediately, like Martin Lloyd-Jones says, immediately Mm. have a swirling thoughts. And maybe, sister, some of you are um, waking up in the middle of the night. Maybe Mm. you are unintentionally and unhappily waking up at three in the morning (laughs) with your thoughts spiraling. And so we pray that this is maybe even this conversation, maybe even is a first step for you to remember that you need to start preaching good sermons to yourself, even at 3.30 in the morning, that in the moment of crisis or fear or doubt, or simply just spiraling with negative thoughts that you have handy on hand in, in your memory, the words of life, the words of yeah. God that you can preach back to yourself, the truth of what Jesus has done and who you are in him so that nobody can tell you different. Well, friends, we are so grateful to have had the opportunity to sit and chat with you and invite you into our conversation. We hope it is a blessing. And if you have enjoyed the content from today, we would so appreciate if you would take the time to write a review about the podcast just to help other people find what we're doing and join our conversation as well. We'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us.